0: Uh, now I, you. now I can hear you, too. Great. How are you, buddy? Good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. good.
1: There we go. There we go. Now, the only thing is... There we go. There we go, yeah, so unfortunately I had you sideways. <laughs> I like the landscape idea, but it was just not, uh, wasn't doing that.
0: Yeah, I think it's like if you start it
1: one way... It works that way.: Ah uh, I see.
0: Uh, maybe yeah. it's a setting, I'm not
1: sure. I'm not sure yeah. I've never I, are you using it on your phone? Uh, yeah, I have an iPhone 7 that's not activated as a phone, but it works yeah. on the.: iPhone, so. I've never used it on a phone. That's why I was asking. I'm what, I, I don't know. I've never tried it, so um, oh, cool. I'm, like, I'm weird about like doing that. Like I had like a meeting on the phone the other day because it was like my power was out and it was just like I hated it. it was just like uh, I'm not) I'm really weird about the phone. I don't know why. I do not like talking on the phone in any way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, on a computer, it's like you can sit here and it's like, I don't know, it's more comfortable for me for some reason. So
0: uh, I feel like it's kind of a little bit more interactive than a phone. I mean, if nothing else, the size of the screen goes a long way.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that makes sense. You don't have to worry about holding it. Like you have yours propped up, but a lot of times I'm like holding it and right. it's just like... I don't know, you feel like you're trapped or something, so. Right. You of trapped, we're all trapped, right? We're all trapped. Look at the rooms we're in. We're in rooms. I know. Rooms, I do have a window at least, but, you know, still, it's like this barrier. We're trapped inside these homes, and it's just, it's not natural.
0: No, I mean, and we, we want to have a home, you know? We want to be comfortable, <laughs> in that space but at the same time we're so used to the the walkabout and being out in the public and going to that restaurant or whatever and being able to interact face to face you know
1: yeah i think the home is a comfortable place to be when you're done with everything else right yeah you're done (laughs) right exactly Hi, my name's Brian Crawford with pghmuseums.org, and over the next several weeks, I'll be talking with artists, museum directors, and even the general manager of a professional sports team. Due to the COVID-19 coronavirus, we'll be practicing social distancing and speaking over video, and talking about how the virus is affecting the people who make our culture community work. We'll be discussing how it's affecting their lives, how they're staying creative, overcoming challenges, and how they plan to bounce back when we can all leave our homes again. Please join me for COVID Conversations. I'm here with Jeremy Kaywood, COVID Conversations. I'm Brian Crawford with pghmuseums.org. And uh, Jeremy, we're, we're dealing with this this whole social distancing fiasco. I see you have a cat behind you. I just saw a cat
0: yeah, behind
1: well, you. What's the cat's name? His name is Frisco. Frisco.
0: Yeah. He was, uh, he was a friend's cat, and where my friend was moving, he wasn't able to take him, and it just kind of worked out, and he came to me. It was probably week one of my quarantine, so it was like perfect timing before I started to lose my mind. Yeah, I was going to say.
1: He's it's probably... What's that? He's taken to me quite well. Good. So it's probably helpful to have a cat in, in a time like this, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's somebody to talk to or look at and take care of aside from myself. You know, I mean, having to change the litter and keep filling the food bowl and play with them, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who live alone or single and, and that's just it, you know, they don't have an animal or, and I'm sure that's very confining.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I am working currently but I would be in that situation where I have no animal here. And luckily my neighbors next door are awesome. And, and I mean, I don't see them that often, but we were out the other day on the deck and they were on their deck. I was on my deck and we were talking and, you know, I I explained that I had a wine emergency because I only had this box wine that just doesn't taste very good at all. So my neighbors and they're like, Oh, you know, so-and-so, she'll meet you at the bottom of the steps with with a bottle of wine. And she poured me a glass of wine. And, and it was like, it was great. So you oh, know, I yes. that. yeah, I do have that going on. And uh, so that, that's something, but yeah, it, it is difficult. And you're a, a, an artist and a creative guy. So we're going to talk about that as well. But you're also in a situation that's similar to mine where you are single, you, you live alone. Luckily you have your, your cat Frisco with you. Yeah, But it is more, I think challenging for people who are single because you know, even if you don't like your family, at least that's somebody else that you can interact with.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that, that reminds me of just a, you know, a couple weeks ago, but uh, before this got all crazy, I went over to my folks place and was mowing their lawn for them. And my mom, you know, we already knew about the social distancing at that point. So my dad's over there on that side of the driveway. My mom's walking out of the garage, co- coming up to me with a cup of coffee. And I said, "Hey, on, just, just put it down. And she had a look on her face of like, Oh, I know you're right. And, and I said, listen, I, I, I love you so much. Both of you, you're my parents, you know, of, mm. of all the people in the world, I want to embrace you. I want to hug you. You know, when I see you, it's our natural first thing, a hug, last thing a hug, you know, but like, you know, I, I can't hug you mom and dad. Like it, it's, it's weird for me to say that. Like I want to, but I can't, you know, and we all had well eyes for a moment mm. and, uh, but that's just like part of the reality. I, t- I think it's some people are probably taking it better than others. You know, some more introverted folks are probably like, okay, this is fine. Some extroverted folks like myself were like, I can deal with this. Yeah. And then suddenly a few days later, we're like, I can't deal with this. I can't yeah. deal with this. You know, like I've definitely. Uh, was def- there
1: on like day two. I think I was there. Yeah. I like, can deal with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I went a week it was actually the day that Frisco the cat here came uh he was still hiding but I was like I just started to like and I really didn't know why I just like it started hyperventilating and kind of like stressing out and like obviously we can have these phone calls we can do video chats and things and it's great you know I mean it's fantastic thank goodness we have technology at this level imagine if we were you know 15 years ago
1: we wouldn't be I like, experienced that for one day, one day, the power came, went out all across like my, at least halfway down my street and I was hit and uh, I had all these things to do and, and I couldn't do anything. I had no technology, no internet, no power, anything. And yeah, it is awful. I couldn't imagine dealing with that for more than the day I dealt with it.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, you, it's surprising that we ever were not like this, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not that tech savvy, so like even this Zoom program that we're using is is still new to me and I'm still trying to understand like I guess you can have multiple people on this yeah. at once
1: and things like that. So I was in a meeting where they had probably at least fifty people all on Zoom. Oh they wow. Everybody really muted except for the you know, except for when they wanted to talk to them. They were all watching remotely. I was like in this big conference room. There were all these people in the conference room, but then there was like this giant TV with all these little squares that had people's faces on them. Yeah. It was neat. It was really wild.
0: Very interesting. I know a couple open mics have been utilizing the Zoom.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: and, and, you know, obviously at that point, I don't even know if it's, a public to the, if it's open to the public to access. I'm not sure whether you have to just whether you have to have the code or whether you can just click a link. I'm not sure, but it was definitely kind of interesting to see like, okay, so there's like 15 of us all tuned into this open mic and yeah, that's cool. And like, again, like with the muting thing, like unless it was your turn, you were muted, um, which was kind of amusing. Cause there were a few moments where there was like some lull, you know, like, and uh-huh. like some of us were like trying to talk, but it, we were all muted except
1: for yeah, the yeah. So I'm just looking. I can mute you right now as we speak. Actually, I can do all sorts of stuff to you. I can stop the video. I can put you in a waiting room. I don't even know what that <laughs> means.
0: <laughs>
1: the technology, and I also wonder, like,
0: how much of some of these technologies were already like this capable. Uh, that a lot of people are just now finding out about because of this quarantine. A lot of businesses too that are like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And some somebody low on the totem pole says, "Well, they've got this thing called Zoom." And then everybody like turns their head and looks at them like, "What's that?" You know, like, yeah.
1: "Well, you're uh, right," and, and they have existed. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast uh, Awesome Cast or Wrestling Mayhem show, but they've yeah. been using Google Hangouts for years, and they've had people like, especially Wrestling Mayhem show, they have people calling in from all over the country in a live broadcasting show where they actually use the Hangouts and they send it over to his broadcasting equipment. yeah, oh. Yeah, so they, they and those are like regulars. Those aren't even like guests. Those are people who are regular contributors to the show that are in every week. So huh. this, ex, this technology has existed. It's just you're right. People haven't needed it, so people haven't really thought much about it. Right,
0: right. You know, I thought FaceTime was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whole other level. Oh, oh crap. Oh, oh,
1: oh. You got Here me right. back? My back? Yeah, there. back yeah. My back. Yeah. A whole different level. You're right. It's, uh, it's interesting. And I know you've been utilizing some of it yourself as an artist uh, to try to reach out to people during, the, uh, during this, this whole stay at home situation. And how's that been going? I, I, and one thing I like about you is you've been very consistent with it. It seems like it's the same time every week. And I think that's really helpful to gaining an audience. So, uh, how have people reacted?
0: Well, I remember, um, whenever they were like all the shows and all the rock and roll events are canceled and I was like, well, what does that mean for my, my art, my music career here? What, what am I going to do? And, you know, I saw like one or two people go live on Facebook and I was like, oh, okay, that's a great idea. And then I was like, but you should probably have it scheduled and not do it too much because and people are going to be over inundated. They're going to get bored. They're going to see other things that they want to tune into, but feel like, oh, I don't know which one to choose. Mm-hmm. So I claimed the every Thursday at seven thirty to eight 30 kind of thing, you know, like make your television time slot in a sense. Yeah. And I encouraged a lot of other musicians that were curious. What do I do? How do I do this to pick your time slot and stick with it? You know, uh, some people did short videos multiple times through the week some people did, you know, one three-hour-long mo- videos. Some people are doing what I did, the once-a-week thing. And uh, I'm, I'm finding it to be very, very positive. Um, obviously, as people are using Facebook and technology more and more, we're also feeling frustrated and isolated and deterred. Uh, at the same time, it's kind of a catch-22. It's like, I want to be there and I want to watch this, but I'm also sick of staring at my screen Yeah. So that- of viewers kind of fluctuates even through the hour but i've always uh ever since i started it what four weeks ago I, i said you know this is this is like a radio that you can watch if you want to or you can just have on in the background and listen to and i think that promoting that was the biggest way to continue to have uh well viewers and listeners uh it's been Fantastic! The outreach of friends and peers and, and listeners and fans out there that have said, "Hey, how do I give you a tip? How can I, you know, compensate you for your music that you're doing?" Uh, didn't even think about it at yeah. first. I was like, "Oh, I thought I was just sharing my music, you know, sharing my crap." But at the end of the day, you're right. This is part of my business. So, uh, you know, having a Venmo and a PayPal or a Cash App, those have been huge um you know it's it's been super awesome to feel the support from people uh it's strange to to play a show over a camera and like you can see that there's people liking it and commenting you can't really keep up with those all the time especially Mm -hmm. while you're playing and then the song ends and you're used to an applause or like a yeah or something and there's there's just no noise and you're like Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm alone still here. Yeah. Yeah. strange. It's strange, but it's been good. It's been good, and I I plan on continuing uh, as long as this stay-at-home order is uh, is present.
1: Now, do you find yourself needing to... I I talked... I actually just was uh, on with uh, Ian Insect. We were talking about his... uh collaborations that he's been doing on on Instagram with bringing people together and stuff like that. And one thing that I brought up with him, and, and I'm curious how you approach this, do you feel that it requires more planning to do a show without a physical audience than to plan a show where there is a physical audience? And the reason why I ask that is because when you have a physical audience, and I just know this from like doing radio and, and things like that, uh, when, when you don't have a fi- when you have a physical audience there's a a response right you you hear from your audience and you can engage with them and react and you can also call on your audience to participate in your show if you're on the stage you can ask people to to cheer louder you can call out questions you can invoke a response whereas on the radio or live streaming like what you're doing now you can't do that you don't have that luxury so I almost feel like sometimes it takes more planning in, in some ways because you have to be lined up where you can move quickly to the next thing because you don't you don't have that time to wait for someone to, to respond
0: Yeah, I've found uh, well the first week I plowed through like 15 or 20 songs in the hour. I just did I barely stopped mm-hmm. uh, Because of that I was like this is awkward. I need to just keep moving yeah. and for me I do have a large repertoire of songs that I know Mainly original music. Um, so it's kind of like I could just keep going as the weeks have gone on I've found myself Sort of planning more I never really plan shows. Uh, Mm. I love spontaneity Um, But when it's through a a video chat like this or or live Facebook and there is no response uh, You kind of have to like allow for more patience um in yourself uh, accepting no there's no cheer but they're sitting at home still you know feeling those last few chords or those last few words that I sang I'm gonna allow that space as I compose myself maybe take a sip of something maybe jot down a note about that song or mm. double check my list to make sure that I have enough time to fill with what I wanted to do um the other thing that i've been trying to do is is uh be a little bit more a little bit more chatty uh in between the songs even if i'm not reading what the comments are maybe my own feelings about that last song or uh the way that i wrote this next one or you know being a little bit more descriptive than i might be when i'm on a stage Mm. um you know i I, for me I, i it's not that i like to talk in between songs when I'm on stage. Uh, it's also not that I don't like to talk. It's just I'm used to just filling the time with music, you know. So any way that I can kind of challenge myself and learn from these experiences, you know, it's never going to go back to the way it was. But whatever it is that it's going to get to, I know that I'm giving myself experience and knowledge in those uh, in this in this in this technological area as well as with the patience in the performance. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to give some knowledge to you. Let's uh, learn about one of the great museums that's affiliated with us here at pghmuseums.org. PGH Museums is made possible through our affiliates such as the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center is an interactive science center devoted to weather and weather folklore located in a century-old former post office in a town who's known for its weather-predicting groundhog. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center lets you become a tornado, make a thunderstorm, or even be a TV weather forecaster. We met up with the center's executive director, Marlene Leelock, to see if she's ever been caught, playing with the green screen <laughs> yes don't tell my board but uh, yes we play with the green screen all the time it's fun it's uh, if you've never been in front of one of them uh, you can pretend that you're doing the weather uh, you can also take one of the green capes that we have and make your body disappear so you know there's all kinds of fun things that you can do with it has she ever forged a weather forecast and predicted a catastrophe? I can't say that I've done that, but that gives me some food for thought. (laughs) You can create your own weather apocalypse forecast and learn everything the center has to offer at the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. Discover more at weatherdiscovery.org. We're back here with Jeremy K. Wood, musician and and artist as well. You're doing some art outside of music. Yeah,
0: I have been drawing and painting a little bit. It's not my forte. Um but I've always enjoyed all uh, facets of the arts, you know, theater, dance, uh visual arts. I, I used to do a lot of um ceramics work when I was in uh, college and, and late high school. Um I've also enjoyed a lot of photography. I haven't gotten back to the photography or ceramics yet, but the drawing and the painting has come back. Um so that that's that's been a lot of fun. I I I take a walk and I'll take some photos on my phone and when I get back, I'll scroll through and find something and try to recreate it. Nice. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. So and I've seen, that. So I, Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I've seen a lot of visual artists, uh, really challenging their norm as well and painting live on Facebook or, or, uh, or just something that they've created and they share it. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's so important to have the creativity and even if it's not your forte to challenge yourself with it,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I've been trying to step towards that myself. I'm still doing video, but I've been like trying to transition to a different style. So I, I was used to like talk radio and I've been really wanting to do more like this documentary style. And the last piece I put out with, uh, the kind of like the day in the life of, of what I'm going through trying to organize PGH museums during this COVID 19 uh, situation, that was kind of like shot in the style that I'm more leaning towards. But I, uh, you know, I took baby steps to get there. I did like, a you know, some series I did, uh, I covered uh, Jaime Guerrero uh, with his work at the Pittsburgh Glass Center, and I kind of like cut in some different pieces with that, but that was more of a straight interview. But then I did the, the piece with Kenny Wood, and I was kind of inching my way along and then that was my first attempt at it i think it turned out pretty well but yeah it, it's fun and, and important i think to challenge yourself and i think you know eventually you kind of get at least with me you know you kind of get stale and tired of of the same old same old. yeah
0: yeah it even comes down to like when i've been trying to sit down and write music i'm like come on dude like you play the same chords here you what are you going to do to change this challenge it i'll go mm-hmm. to the people and i'll try to play that same thing on the piano or you know i'll put it through an effects pedal and see what it sounds like with that you know things i don't normally showcase with my own performances uh definitely trying to learn more about you know
1: so is that what you've been doing a lot in this downtime trying to challenge yourself and grow as an artist in general
0: oh yeah incredibly so
1: um
0: when i'm not doing that i don't really know what else to do i Mm -hmm. mean all of Jobs have been shut down. I'm not allowed to work. I don't know, you know, how it's going to work out, but I can't stress too hard on that because most of America and half of the world is going through that too. So, you know, to understand that I'm not alone in that struggle, even though my life is different from your life and how it happens for you. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least know I'm not completely alone in that concept. Before, uh, before the, the Corona COVID stay at home orders, uh, I was, you know, trying to figure out what my next steps as a human, uh, in this world were, what, what did I want to do? Where was I going? What were my goals? And then because of this downtime, I've had some, some opportunity to really think more on that and try to make some plans and ask questions. Um, To myself and other people who know things and maybe even people who don't know about that subject but hey what's your opinion on you know I don't I don't know specifically but but things of that nature you know how would you go about this what are you doing in your world that helps you feel like you're still stimulating your mind and body to come out of this uh, a better version
1: of you you know would you ever have a, a lull like a moment where you were like I don't know what to do in in terms of the situation, I know, like, I, it took me a while to get motivated. I had a friend who really, uh, was pushing me to, to get motivated and get moving, and he was successful eventually, but, but there was a moment where I was just like, oh, everything, because I had all of these, so, like, I was in a different situation where I had, a lot of like things in the works. And I had like this grand plan for this year and this whole thing just kind of shattered it. It did. um, Yeah. yeah, So I had to like, kind of like refocus and it took me a minute to just kind of, you know, I was talking with, with Bob and uh, Fryer in the first episode of of COVID conversations. And I said, it's almost like you have to go through a cycle of grief. And then once you get to the point where you accept it, then you can do more with it and and be more creative and get things working and, and running. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm, there were like a few things that I was doing as soon as, the sh- as soon as the lockdown started that were like, this is my normal routine. I get up, I make my coffee, I uh, make my bed, I open the blinds, I sit down with my coffee, I make a list for the day, I try to cross things off that list. So I was finding myself crossing that list off before 1 p.m., and then I was like, now what? <laughs> I have an entire day still that I don't know what to do with. And uh, that was when, that, in those moments, I would just sit. Uh, I would like lay on the couch, or I would, I would pace back and forth in the apartment, which was really kind of frustrating. That wasn't the best way to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, uh, I found myself saying, okay, now you've crossed your list off go take a walk. That's not what you do normally. You're usually quite physical with work. Sorry, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. Um, I'm usually quite physical with work, you know, so I don't really think about taking a walk. Um, And I was like, Oh, no, you're going to take a walk now. And and then I get back from the walk. And I'd say, Okay, I'm going to clean a piece of the apartment that I don't normally clean. So I'm pulling the TV out. You know, I'm taking things off of the shelves like I don't do that either. But it took me a while to uh, probably two a, a week and a half, probably, honestly, to, to feel like it was OK to not have something to do, even if it was only for an hour or if it was for an afternoon. It's OK. Uh, I think now, as I'm getting a little bit farther into my quarantine and, and my solo time here, I'm, I'm finding more things to do to make the days go by um but i'm still i'm itching for you know to go to work or to oh yeah you know i mean they said something about large shows aren't probably going to come back until 2021 uh you know small venues maybe if we're lucky by autumn you know and then they shut the schools down till next season so it's like Mm -hmm. you know not quite sure what the summer holds
1: yeah yeah I'm not sure either. I have all this vacation time. I'm hoping I can <laughs> go out. you know it's uh I, you know everybody had all these plans for this year. I felt like this year was a year that people really planned for, like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me, and no, I you're know' right yeah, I feel like a lot of people had big plans for this year, and then just like they all came crashing down and and
0: and we got a little upset about it and and I think now, I mean, for me, today's day 25, I think day 26. I've almost made it to a full month. Uh, makes my eye twitch. Um, but, you know, to see, to, like I said, you know, now that I've kind of gotten through, like you said, the grief part, uh, you know, finding those things to keep busy, I mean, it's, it's so important. I don't really know what, what more to do. I mean, I can only clean the apartment so much. Uh, yeah.
1: So I, I don't know how I would deal with your situation. I'm still working and I've actually found myself busier than, than I had been because I've gotten a, a stroke of motivation. So I've been you know, cranking out these calls and like my days off have been because you can't really go out and do anything. My days off have been super productive. So I'm kind of just like rolling along. I can't imagine having all of the extra time on top of it to try to come up with stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I've definitely been doing more push ups. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I don't know what to do, I'll just do another 10 or 20 push ups. Um, but it's strange because I, I think I was mentioning it a little bit earlier in the conversation where it's like, you know, I want to be social and I want to see people. I want to be able to go to my restaurant. I want to go to that bar. I want to see my friends. I want to go to that rock show. But, you know, being stuck like this, it's just like, oh, I want to talk to everybody. And then there's like a certain point in the day where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sit on the phone and talk to anybody anymore. And I am sad and I am lonely and I don't want to sit and talk to somebody on the phone. It's not helping me by sitting and talking on the phone about it.
1: Yeah. It's
0: kind of like a cat. It's like both sides at the same time. It's like, I want to see everybody and talk to everybody at the same time. I want nothing to do with any of it, you know? So then when it comes down to doing these live performances, I have to find myself by the middle of the week, kind of shying away from the social aspect, just to feel like motivated to go live again. Um, Yeah. Because so much of my time is spent, you know, alone and not doing much
1: um it's weird doing it on video versus doing it in person no matter you know people try to act like it's it's the same and i mean it is a nice tool to have and i don't know how people like 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 myself and you would be able to get through this without this technology but it isn't the same as seeing someone in person and and it can't truly make up for that it can help but it can't completely replace that the in-person communication
0: I, i can't touch you
1: brian you know exactly.
0: yeah even if i see you it's like okay i see you like <laughs> but i would love to hug you brother or give you yeah. a high five or shake your hand or something you know like i don't know how have you been dealing with like what where does your mind sit with you know some a lot of people are not working and don't have things to fill their time but you like you just said you're you're like you're still working, you've, your day's off, you're filled with being productive in other ways. So what, what is it like to be working still while a majority of the population is not? Uh,
1: you really don't notice because my building, it's surrounded by barbed wire and there's no windows. So you don't see anything on the outside world. So really it would just be like, it's kind of like, like I didn't experience the virus until much later in a lot of ways because (laughs) now I experienced in the fact that I I knew I I didn't feel my work was doing enough uh, and things like that to to take safety precautions. But as far as like my, my regular life, I had just gone to the grocery store before the madness happened. um, And then I just didn't go out anywhere. So I just was going to work and coming home. And it was just kind of like a slow day for me or like where I wasn't going out like because there are there are times since I've moved I've made a point to not go out as much because I needed to you know save some money my rent tripled so right. yeah I needed to cut expenses so I made a point where like even if I did go out I would come home and eat first and then I would go out type of a deal just little things like that to try to save money so that way I wasn't spending quite so much going out so I it wasn't that crazy and then one day I went to Coon's down the road here and it was just like a madhouse. Everything was, was gone. And that was the first time I really experienced any of it because I just didn't go out. And I, I buy toilet paper in bulk anyways. I'm still good through the fall. Um <laughs> you know, I, I just and you know what people hear the I don't know what people are thinking. I have one giant thing of toilet paper that's gonna last me to the fall. I bought it in January. Like yeah, I you look, um,
0: it's not like you're you know, having you know it's not like you're going seven times a day, you know, it's like exactly. And I understand still, like you know, like yeah,
1: yeah. And I understand like some, like you know, like I know, like women use more toilet paper than men, for example. Um, it's not a criticism, just a fact. But even in that fact, you still don't need five or to to t- ten giant right of toilet paper. You might need maybe someone else, maybe you know, somebody in a family needs two two of them, you know. Right. To last them. You, don't, you don't need to buy the entire store out. And that's what I, I just don't understand people's mentality. I never panicked over it. I never had that that stroke of panic. So to me, it didn't really hit me until, you know, I, I realized that, like, you know what it was when we ran out of – we were running out of episodes for the podcast, and I'm like, my podcast, you know, that, that we're doing with PGH Museums, our talk is going to have to go on hiatus. And then I started thinking more – about the, the documentaries that I had planned to put together and stuff like that, and how none of those are going to be able to happen right now. Mm. That, to me, was more troubling. And that's when it really, like, hit me, like, oh, you know, shit, this is real. Or not so much this is real, but, like, I, I dealt with it for the first time, maybe, because you're right, my life really hadn't changed much until that point. So,
0: Yeah, I have other friends who who also are still working, and and they've mentioned, you know, kind of similar to you that there were a few instances that kind of like made it real for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them wish that they were not working, that they didn't have to. Others are grateful that they still can.
1: Yeah. I'm grateful that I'm working. I I wish, you know, I I do wish more safety precautions would have been taken earlier on. Um, But I am thankful that I'm working because I am an extrovert in a big way. I'm a big extrovert, not, not a small extrovert. I am, i used to get depressed when I didn't have something to do on any given night because I was sitting at home and I felt like I was missing something. Uh, I've gotten better even before the virus, uh, luckily. But, uh, yeah, so if I didn't have work, and it's funny because I've always said, like, work is not my social life, and I always try to make that very clear. But now it has become somewhat of a social life because that's the only place I can meet people. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a social interaction, even though I, I'm maybe not I'm maybe not having long conversations with people, but you are in the same room with people. And, and where I work, there's, you know, hundreds of people there at all times. So it's not like it's just like you and another person or there's, there's a group of people there and you can you still actually have the luxury of choosing who you're going to talk to where I work which is nice uh, it's not like you know, many people where they're stuck with their families and there are some people you know, married couples who don't like each other let's be honest they, they are not fond of each other and they're together for the kids might <laughs> Be right. in a situation where there was someone they don't like and they're trapped uh, uh, you know, I'm in a situation where I do have I, mean, I am able to pick and choose who I'm going to interact with and I mean I, most of the people I work with I, I get along with but obviously there are certain people who have similar interests uh, there's a guy who's a content creator in, in the building. So sometimes he, well, he and I actually always work together, which was not planned. Uh, but it's kind of worked worked out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there are, you know, I do have, I, I'm very lucky in, in that instance. Um, in so far, there's only been one case of somebody where I work getting caught with the virus. And I was worried once somebody had it, it would spread like a wildfire, but I I guess, (laughs) Luckily it wasn't somebody who works on the work floor and they must not have spread it or it's spreading around and we just don't know about it yet. I don't know, but. Um,
0: yeah, See, what's, what do you call it? An incubation period or a, or a.
1: So it's very, that's the, what's so tricky about this virus. And this is why it's even more terrifying that so many people are not taking it seriously is the first 14 days that you have the virus, you're, you're most likely asymptomatic. But the also many people, in fact, I believe it's 80 over 80% of the people will either be completely asymptomatic or very, very mild symptoms where they may not even get tested because they don't know that they have anything wrong with them, but they're still spreading the disease to other people. So... That's what's so terrifying about it. And that's why they're trying to keep people in their homes is because if the virus spreads and then everybody goes to the hospital, then they can't treat people and people die. So it's, you know, -hmm. a lot of people are are on the internet scoffing at the stay-at-home order saying like, oh, well, most of these people won't even get sick. It's like, yes, that's true, but that's what makes it even... More dangerous is the fact that you don't know you're a carrier. It's, it's one thing when you get the flu and you're instantly sick and you know you have to stay home, you're not putting other people at risk at that point. But when you have a virus and you don't even know you're sick and then you go into a building you know, and, and spread it around, that's right. really, yeah, really dangerous. And that's why they say the masks themselves aren't really there to protect you. They're more about protecting other people. But- Who's the... Um-
0: the doctor who's working with, with uh, Pennsylvania, governor Tom Wolf's doctor. Um, it, she says it so well. Uh, and remember my, pra- my mask protects you and your mask protects me. And exactly. just every time that she says it, I'm like, man, that is just like, it's like we're in kindergarten again, but it's like the only way to get through to people. I know. Like,
1: I don't know. It's sad. So what are, you, what are your plans coming out of the virus? What are your plans to make a, a big splash post-COVID-19, or at least when it starts to ease up a little bit?
0: Well, I think, I think it's time to, to... I've got so many songs that I've not really recorded. Um, and I had started making some plans for an album this year that I quickly you know, just pushed aside because of all of this. So probably one of the things I'd like to do is, is get, get into a studio and uh, and put some money towards that and get a quality recording, make up an album or 2 It'd be really awesome uh, for me. Uh, but something else I'd like to do would, would be to, to get out of Pittsburgh a little bit more often. Um, traveling for music or just traveling a little bit, taking a weekend trip or a camping trip or something like that, you know, I guess technically we could do, we can't really do that right now. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, one, it's chilly outside. And, and two, it's, it's still like, why are you going out in public? So, so those, those are some things I, I did have, uh, every year I do my Jeremy Kaywood special. Uh, it's a showcase that I put on, uh, usually in May and, um, I've already rescheduled it slash just postponed it in general. Um, not really sure when or how that will be adapted, but I do know that I'd like to get back to my, to my showcases. There's so much talent out there I want to share with people Mm -hmm. and I thought for the one that I postponed, you know, now with seeing all this technology stuff, maybe there's still a way to kind of line it up and have each of the performers that I was going to have still perform via the virtual internet stuff here. Mm -hmm. And and I haven't planned that out yet. I'm, I'm still just trying to make it
1: day to day. It's a wonderful museum in Indiana, PA. The Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the life of war hero, family man, and actor Jimmy Stewart, famously known for films like It's a Wonderful Life and Harvey. In addition to the impressive display of original movie posters and awards, the Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the icon on a personal level with the relics of his upbringing with the J.M. Stewart hardware store to his military desk as a brigadier general, Boy Scout awards in a recreated bedroom, and much more. The museum even has a 1930s vintage movie theater to view old Jimmy Stewart films. Janie McCurgan, the museum's executive director, was never fortunate enough to meet Jimmy in person, but she's poured through the documents and set up the exhibitions. Does she feel like she knows him now? I do, I do. After diving into all these displays and the archives and reading multiple stories about him and books, I really feel like I know the man. He was who he was when you saw him. He was a simple, everyday man who was so kind. And uh, his advice to his daughters going off to college was just be nice to people. That's all he told them. So he was just a really down-to-earth, humble, kind man. Get your chance to meet Jimmy yourself with an impressive collection that spans his life at the Jimmy Stewart Museum, just upstairs of the Indiana Public Library in downtown Indiana, Pennsylvania. Learn more at Jimmy Thank you for listening to COVID Conversations, a special series for PGH Museums, produced and edited by me, Brian Crawford. Support PGH Museums by joining our membership program at pghmuseums.org join. Our music is Energy 2013 by Sasha Endy and can be found at filmmusic.io and licensed under the Creative Commons. Let us know how you're keeping your spark in these trying times. Email me at brian at Stay safe, keep your distance, and keep